Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Thank you for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show. Radio.com Sports, CBS Sports Radio, Sirius 206. I'm at Danny Parkins on Twitter, at CBS Sports Radio. It's how you interact with the network. I'm hanging out with you for another hour. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Now, full disclosure, I've got a Kawhi Leonard thought exercise in the chamber ready to go. But I don't want to talk about it. I'm actually really interested in it. It might lead the show next week if there's no bigger story that develops. But I got a story, and I want to hear your story of improbability because I can't get over what happened to one of my best friends this past weekend, and it crushes me that I wasn't there. So I played golf in high school, had some back surgery, stopped playing golf, went off to college, graduated from college, had no money, lived in different places, didn't have a crew of guys that I really wanted to play golf with, basically stopped playing the game for about, a dozen years and got back into it last summer, summer before when I came back home to Chicago to do this radio thing here back home was with my friends from growing up. And so I had my crew of guys that I wanted to play with. So I've started taking up golf again and my buddy, uh, everybody calls him kid. His, his, his dad calls him kid. The only person who doesn't is mom. She hates it. Even his wife sometimes calls him kid, but his name is Brian, but kid is in my main foursome. Like, it's me, Rick, Kid, and Boris. Boris is the kid's last name, but whatever. Everyone's got nicknames. You understand. Your crew, my crew. Everyone's got nicknames for each other. But just me, Kid, Rick, and Boris, that's the main foursome. We play golf as much as we can. Try to do it once a week. Probably are not that successful, but we'll play ten times in a summer, right, as a, as a foursome. And... I wasn't able to play because I was on vacation with my family. They were at the uh, the fish show up at Alpine Valley, and they went Friday night. Kid's been to like probably, I don't know, a couple dozen fish shows. So he goes to the fish show Friday night. He's going to the fish show Saturday night. And so he's got something to do. He's got to figure out something to do Saturday in Wisconsin. No problem. Him, Boris, and two of our other friends, they're going to go play golf. This course in Lake Geneva. Kid would say he's a 12 handicap. I'd say he's closer to a 15. Uh, been a little bit of a rough summer for him on the golf course. But, you know, high 80s, low 90s golfer on average, I would say. The occasional ability when he's when he's going good to shoot low 80s. Like I've I've seen him shoot a I've seen him shoot a 79 or an 80, 81, like that that range. Solid golfer. 
plays fairly often, really good athlete. He's, as my buddy Rick pointed out, he's kind of like Happy Gilmore. He's played hockey his entire life, and, you know, he's got that hockey body, hockey swing. Unlike Happy Gilmore, can't hit the driver, but whatever. He's a fine golfer, fun guy, great friend, good dude. I'm not out at the round. And kid does something on Saturday on the golf course that is one of the most statistically improbable things that I've ever heard of. He had two holes in one in the same round. And they came on back-to-back par threes. The 11th and the 17th. If you're not a golf fan, let me put that into context for you. But if you are a golf fan, I'm going to let it sink in and repeat myself for a second. A 12 to 15 handicap had two holes in one in the same round on consecutive par threes. I want to know what's the most statistically improbable thing you've ever seen. The most statistically improbable thing you've ever been a part of. Because I'm going to throw some numbers at you, okay? According to Google, so you know it's true, you've got a 1 and 3,000 chance of being struck by lightning. 1 in 3,000 struck by lightning at some point in your life. World Series of Poker, main event, final table going on right now over on ESPN. Odds of hitting a Royal Flush, 1 in 650,000. 650,000 to 1 to hit a Royal Flush. I just went from 1 in 3,000 struck by lightning to 1 in 650,000 hitting a Royal Flush. Now you're going to say, well, what about winning a lottery? I'm glad you asked. Now, not the Powerball, but a lottery where you've got to hit six numbers, 1 to 49. Got to go six for six, 1 to 49. 1 in 12 million. So struck by lightning, 3,000 to 1. Royal flush, 650,000 to 1. 6 for 6 on a 1 through 49 lottery is 12 million to 1. According to the National Hole-in-One Registry, the odds of one player making two holes in one in the same round, 67 million to one. 67 million. It's only happened three times on the PGA Tour ever. Ever. 855-212-4CBS is the number. 855-212-4227. What is the craziest thing you've ever seen, been a part of, know to be factually 100% true? Because I'm telling you, four of my best friends in the world were playing golf together, and one of them had two holes in one in the same damn round.
67 million to one. The course gave him a bottle of vodka, a couple of flag, uh, the flags off the off the holes. Put his name in the plaque. He's making the local paper in Lake Geneva. Like I mean, it was, it was insane. Say, so why don't you have him on the show? He is, um, we'll just call it attention averse. He's not interested. Happy for me to shout him out. Happy for me to talk about it. Happy for me to get the content out of it. But yo. That is, I, I, I was watching Wimbledon. Now I get yesterday morning, thinking, "Oh, it's the longest Wimbledon final ever." Yawn. My boy kid got two holes in one in the same round. It is, if you, I, I mean, there are great golfers, and I am not that. I am nowhere close to a great golfer. I've never gotten a hole in one. Maybe two feet, a foot, you know, what I mean? like you're you're around it, but whatever. Every golfer has a close shot. Good golfers probably have 50 close shots. Two holes in one, the same round. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I'll throw it out there. I got Dave Edinger, you're on the board, you're a golfer. Ryan Hickey, you're the EP. What do you guys got? What is the most statistically improbable thing you've ever been involved with, sports or otherwise, that you can think of? Because 67 million to one, I will never be a part of anything close to that unlikely. I mean, Powerball is apparently like 240 million to one. You got a better shot of being elected president, being struck by lightning while drowning, being killed by a vending machine. Like, having conjoined twins, being killed by an asteroid, you got a better chance than a lot of things to win the Powerball. So what my boy did is not more likely than winning the Powerball, but it's more unlikely, or it is more likely than winning the Powerball, but there's not many things that are more unlikely than what he did. Do either of my producers have any submission for anything that even approaches what he accomplished? Nothing really. Let me preface with this with saying it's really not that impressive, but I hit two half-court shots in a high school basketball game in the same game. That is absolutely nothing compared to what you're talking about. That's pretty good. That's not, uh, what, what was the context of you needing to shoot two half-court shots in the same game? Just two buzzer beaters? Just two buzzer beaters, one at the end of the first quarter, one at the end of the uh, halftime, so, right at halftime. So I, I, nothing compared to this. I've been playing golf for 28 years. I've never even seen one, let alone hit one. Right. I never seen one either. It's I I can't stop thinking about it. and I, I was with my family. It was the first time everyone was on under one roof because my brother's older and we you know live in different parts of the country. Like for my dad's upcoming seventy fifth, it was a emotional, great, unbelievably fulfilling week. I got the news the kid hit two holes in one. I was like, why couldn't I have left early to go to the fish show? Like, so cool. Two holes in one in the same round. Tiger Woods never did it. Nicholas never did it. Palmer, player, never did it. Brian Lake, two holes in one, one round, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It's just the craziest damn thing I've ever heard. And so now, I've been, so I've been looking up things that are like, what's the most unlikely thing that can happen? So you go to this website, 
things more likely to happen than winning the Powerball. The things I mentioned, elected president, struck by lightning while drowning, killed by a vending machine, achieving sainthood, becoming a billionaire the old-fashioned way, having conjoined twins, death by asteroid. So basically, for me to be a part or know someone that accomplished something rarer than what my buddy did on the golf course on Saturday, I have to know someone who is either killed by an asteroid a saint elected president or win the powerball it's all downhill downhill from here what how what's happening that's cooler than that nothing it's a weird feeling man i am so happy for my boy but that is a weird feeling i'm now like maybe uh maybe one of my friends can have conjoined twins who achieve sainthood like that what's so weird you're never supposed to be a part of anything like that i saw a royal flush once Six hundred fifty thousand to one this is 60 million to one 60 million have you ever been at a game and there's the 50 50 lottery happening 50 50 raffle and you're like, oh, i never see anybody actually win it never see a huge celebration and then one time you see it and you're like oh wow it's not a scam people actually win that's crazy they're at a game there's maybe thirty five thousand people in the stands maybe five thousand people buy a ticket maybe a thousand actually look at the ticket when the announcement happens and then you're in a section with one of the people that bought a ticket and looked at the ticket and realized that they won when the announcement was made and they go crazy because they just won like 18 K that's an astronomically long odds thing to have happen. Someone to win a raffle in a huge stadium and you to be there to witness it. That doesn't even approach this. So I'm shook like in the best way possible because I'm happy for my boy, but it's just like, okay, we'll never see anything cooler. Two holes in one in the same round. If you've got stories of unlikely things that have happened to you or that you know people that have happened to, we'll hear it coming up. But if not, Kawhi Leonard, he is creating a unique NBA legacy. So much so that I want to explore what potentially happens if he wins with the Clippers. That's coming up before last but not least is the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Yeah, man, this storyline more believable, more unbelievable than Caddyshack with the exploding groundskeeper and Cinderella story and the gophers and the dynamite. My buddy, lifelong friend, 12 handicap, two holes in one, same round, consecutive par threes on Saturday. Three of my friends there to witness it. 67 million to one. The hole-in-one, national hole-in-one registry says it is. Only three times ever on the PGA Tour. We were talking about the most improbable thing you'd ever seen, sports and otherwise. Much more likely to hit a Royal Flush, 650,000 to one. Struck by lightning, 3,000 to one. Or win a six-numbered lottery, 12 million to one. Then hit two holes-in-one in the same round. Now, it's happened before. You can Google it. 
There's an 81 year old golfer who had it happen. Some it gets written up in local papers and stuff like that when it happened three times on the tour. It's happened. I'm not saying it's never happened before. It's happened to people, but stinging six iron from 190, and then elevated tee wedge from 154. Two holes in one. And what's crazy too is he was uh, he went 47 38. So he shot an 85. 85 with two holes in one. Didn't even play that well outside of the two. Just incredible. I can't get over it. Anyway, the one the people who were calling in your uh your improbable feats are either other people who have had two holes in one in the same round or not that improbable. So I'll move on with my Kawhi Leonard thought, which is just simply he's already done something that has never been done before in NBA history. Finals MVP in both conferences. Spurs and Raptors. No one has ever been the best player on three different teams to win a title. So I was thinking about this. If Kawhi wins a title with the Clippers and gets another finals MVP, right? So it happens in the prime of his career. He's the best player on a third title team, three different teams. And I think it adds an element where it's not a legacy team, right? It's not a, it's not a super team. It's not the Lakers. It's not the Celtics. It's not a dynastic team. He's not doing it with two, three other hall of famers. Not that those aren't impressive, right? Rodman's a hall of famer. Pippen's a hall of famer. No one holds that against Jordan, but Jordan's clearly the best player on the team, right? But they did it with the same team, right? Jordan did it. Sure. Rodman was there for the second three Pete Horace Grant was there for the third, but like largely it was the same coach. It was the same city. It was the same uniform. He had the same second best player. It was the same nucleus. If you win three titles with three teams, three different coaches, three different running mates, my question is not what legacy or what star does it compare to because it will be incomparable. There are not degrees of uniqueness, technically. The word unique is to be different, but grammar aside, he is already carving out one of the most unique legacies in NBA history, given that he's already done something that's never been done before. But he has a reasonable chance of building on it. They're one of the four favorites to win the title next year. So my question is, let's say he does it. Let's say Kawhi Leonard, who's already done something that's never been done before, builds on it and becomes the first player ever to be a finals MVP, best player on a championship team on three separate teams, Spurs, Raptors, Clippers. When his career is all said and done, let's say that's the legacy, right? That's the top line on the resume. Three titles, three finals MVPs, three separate teams. What's the highest on the all-time ranking that Kawhi can be? Like, what's what's not attainable? 
for Kawhi Leonard? What do we have to eliminate, right? We got to eliminate, we eliminate Jordan. We eliminate LeBron. We eliminate Kareem. We eliminate Wilt. We eliminate Russell. We eliminate Magic. I mean, Magic five titles, but all with the Lakers, all with multiple Hall of Famers. Probably got to eliminate Magic. We got to eliminate Bird. Not as long of a career as Magic. All did it, did it all with one team, multiple other Hall of Famers. Kobe has five rings, wasn't the best player on all of them. Duncan's got five rings, wasn't the best player on all of them. Hakeem only has two, did it the same team, center. I mean, is it possible that when it's all said and done, Kawhi Leonard goes down as a top 10 player of all time? That's basically what I'm asking here because that is a, that would have been a ludicrous proposition before this season. Absolutely ludicrous. And I'm not saying that he will or that he is, and this is, I agree, purely speculative and maybe even a little early to consider. But this, the NBA is the sport where we do this, where we do lists, where we do rankings, where we compare guys across eras. And it's because players have disproportionately the biggest impact by far on winning a championship. There are very few fluky NBA champions because it's a best of seven series and you get to be one of five on the court. So you're 20% of the team that's out there as opposed to football where you're one of 11 on a, on the field, one of 53 on the team, baseball, one of 25, one of nine on the field, basketball, you got LeBron, you got a shot to win. You got Michael Jordan, you got a shot to win. You got Magic Johnson, you got a shot to win. Kawhi, three titles, three teams, three finals MVPs, if he gets there. I mean, I don't even know if these other guys could have done it. I mean, LeBron's trying for it, right? LeBron's trying for it. And so if LeBron gets it, now Anthony Davis might end up being the better player, and we'll we'll see if LeBron gets a fourth title and if he is the best player on the team when he wins it. So LeBron could beat Kawhi to the punch here. But Kawhi's the only one to do it in both conferences, for whatever that's worth. Other players have been finals MVP on two teams. Multiple players have, have done that and won finals on multiple teams. Kawhi's just the only one east-west, but that's a random distinction. But three is unprecedented. It's never happened before. Like, I think Kevin Durant's a better player. There's obviously a ton of guys that right now, if you're doing an all-time list, you have in front of them, right? You got Oscar Robertson in front of him. You got Steph Curry in front of him. You've got uh, Dirk in front of him. Hakeem Olajuwon, like I mentioned. You've got uh, you got Shaq in front of him. Like, right, right now, you've got easily 20 guys, Right. I mean, probably even more. You got you got Jerry West. You got Steph Curry. You've got Dr. J. You, you, have, you have plenty of guys that you could put in front of Kawhi Leonard right now. But he's got a long career left. And if he wins a third title, 
on three separate teams and no one's ever done it before, he's going to vault past a ton of all-time greats. A ton of them. And I'm just curious, like, what's the ceiling here? Because we don't normally talk about him in the same terms that we talk about Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and LeBron James. Those are the guys of this era that we really talk about among the all-time greats, right? We debate LeBron versus Jordan for best ever. We debate Durant against everybody for how high up he can go because he's just this unbelievable talent, right? Like, can Durant be this generation's Larry Bird? And we debate Steph for best shooter of all time, best point guard of all time. Yo, Kawhi's got a chance to enter this conversation in a big way. And I don't really know what the ceiling is, but I know it's really, really high, like maybe top 10 of all time good if he can get a third ring. We'll do last but not least coming up. This is the Danny Parkin Show. With time running out, we still have a few questions we didn't get answers to. Danny Parkins gives us his thoughts on a couple of different stories in this week's edition of Last But Not Least. That's right. Thanks for hanging out. It's the Danny Parkins Show, CBS Sports Radio, Radio.com Sports. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Parkins. This is where I turn it over to Ryan Hickey, the executive producer of this program. He asks me questions. I get some quick takes, and then I get out of here and pass the baton to Amy Lawrence for After Hours. So, Ryan Hickey, take it away. All right, Danny, so we'll start with this. Chargers running back Melvin Gordon, he's entering the final year of his rookie deal, and he's made it known already, at least, that he wants a new deal, or he won't report at training camp and then demand a trade from the team. Now, Gordon is a two-time Pro Bowler and averaged just under 115 scrimmage yards per game last season, which was the highest since the team had LT back in the day. So would you pay Melvin Gordon? I would. I'd pay him. This is very smart of Melvin Gordon to do this. In general, I am not a proponent of paying running backs. But I think you could get Melvin Gordon for a fairly reasonable deal because of how little he's made relatively in his career and how little relatively he stands to make this year. Melvin Gordon is due to make only $5.6 million in his fifth year option. And he's only made $10.6 million in his first four years because he was a first round pick. He's got that fifth year option where he has to stay, but because he wasn't a top 10 pick, it's not that high of a salary for that fifth-year option. So Melvin Gordon has been underpaid, has been eligible for a contract for two years. The Chargers haven't given it to him, and the Chargers are notoriously cheap with this sort of thing. They've had holdouts. They had Sean Merriman, Joey Bosa. The Chargers are not very respected among players for taking care of draft picks on their contracts, both as rookies and on second contracts. So I think this could get ugly, but how many more years of Phillip Rivers' prime do they have? The Chargers could have won the AFC West last year in a division that was dominated seemingly by the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. The Chargers are really good. They've got a Super Bowl-caliber roster. They need Melvin Gordon, and they're not going to have to pay him Todd Gurley money. He's not going to have to reset the market at running back because he's not coming from a position where he's making a ton of money this year. So I would pay him. 
because I think that you'll be able to get him below Saquon Barkley, below uh, Todd Gurley, below those other guys. But if the only way you can get Melvin Gordon is by paying him that, then unfortunately no, because I wouldn't pay any running back that type of money. But because of Melvin Gordon's specific situation, I think you can get him below market value and I'd pay him. All right, so Madden 20 is in the process of releasing their player rankings, and they recently released the players with a 99 rating. Those are four players, which are Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, DeAndre Hopkins, and Bobby Wagner. So did they leave any players off the list? And if so, who do you think deserves to be in the 99 club as well? Well, so listen, I haven't played Madden consistently for the better part of 10 years. So... I don't go crazy over these ratings, but it's largely based off of last season, right? It's not too dissimilar from the NFL top 100 list. I know it takes into account more things and it's got attributes like physical ability, right? Durability, speed, those sort of things. It's tough for me to say Pat Mahomes doesn't deserve it off of last year. If you're going to say the sample size is too small. Okay, fine. DeAndre Hopkins is amazing. I agree with him at 99. But I've always had trouble differentiating between DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. So I would put... I I think Odell Beckham's had enough of an injury question that you could maybe dock him a point or two for durability. Uh, Antonio Brown, maybe for age. But I've got... I, I have a hard time imagining that they're is a flaw in Julio Jones's game that doesn't exist somehow in DeAndre Hopkins's. So if I was going to add one, I'd add Julio. If I was going to add a quarterback, I'd add Pat Mahomes. Brady should be close still, which is disgusting, even though the arm strength is down, but just, you know, he's Brady, but probably not a 99 because of some of those physical drop-offs, but Bobby Wagner, yeah, best middle linebacker. Luke keekley has got the injury concerns. I'd consider him close. Um, I was I was just a little surprised there weren't more guys. They they want to hold it out f- to be really exclusive, I guess. And like like Tyron Smith, the left tackle for the Cowboys, when healthy, I don't really know what flaw there is in his game. I guess you could say the the when healthy part. So there'd probably be if I if I was doing the ratings, there'd probably be closer to ten. But maybe they like the uh, debate that comes with having so few guys having it but the one who I thought was the most egregious was Julio Jones but Aaron Donald's the best player in football he should be 101 like Khalil Mack's incredible Bobby Wagner's incredible those are both great defensive players that don't really have flaws in their games but Aaron Donald is better than both of them especially from the position in which he plays he's so much better than everybody else that Aaron Donald is clearly the best player in football and I feel like he's kind of a standalone guy so Given that there isn't a separate ranking for Aaron Donald, I can't get upset about the other guys who are on his level and other people being below it. But if I was going to add one, I'd add Julio Jones. What's next? So the Milwaukee Bucks hosted an event over the weekend to celebrate Giannis's MVP trophy. And while tons of fans were screaming at Giannis calling him the MVP, he had an interesting quote telling the fans that he did not want to be called that again until he wins it again next year. Then he expanded on that quote later on as he talked about how he believes he's only at 60% of what he can become and really what he can tap into his first potential. So with those high expectations Giannis is setting for himself, do you think he will win another MVP award? Yes, I do. I think Giannis is going to win multiple MVP awards going forward. 
I think Giannis is going to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I think Giannis is going to dominate the league because Giannis, A, how much he's gotten better from when he entered the league to now and how young he still is. But also, man, his three-point shot got better as the season went on. The final numbers weren't impressive down in the 25-26% range, but by the end of the year, month over month, he had crept above 30% for a for a couple of months, low 30s. He's going to add a shot to his game. He's not a big, like a traditional big that can't add a jumper because his hands are too big and he's too uncoordinated. Like he's not he's not Shaq. Bigs can shoot in this NBA. So Giannis has shown it. He's not a bad free throw shooter. He doesn't have a terrible mid-range. I mean, neither are excellent, but he's enough of a shooting threat at other parts of the floor, and he got better enough as the season went on, and the Eastern Conference Finals loss was embarrassing enough because Toronto figured him out. He is going to fill the holes in his game. And he's going to get better. And because he is such a dominant athlete and so long and so athletic that if you have to guard him close out at the perimeter, he's going to get by you every time. And because you sag off of him now and you give him the shot to shoot over, once he starts hitting that shot, it's going to be unguardable. I mean, Kevin Durant has talked about how he takes so much pride in the fact that Giannis watched him. And they're not really that tight, but he just saw Giannis watching him warm up. I guess I don't really see why Giannis couldn't become more like Durant from the perimeter. Now, Durant was a great shooter in high school. He was a great shooter in college. Like He's he's a shooter first, but Giannis was an athlete first and a post presence first and a dunker first, but everything else, the length, the height, the work ethic, all of that stuff reminds me a lot of Durant. So... I don't think he'll be a 40% three-point shooter. That's just a huge gap. But say Giannis becomes a 35 36% three-point shooter, which in this NBA is nothing special, but it's good enough that you've got to defend. If he just becomes a league average, a slightly above average three-point shooter, he's going to be dominant because he was already nearly 60% from the floor this year, and that was without you having to guard him on the perimeter. So, yeah, I think he's going to win another MVP, maybe multiple MVPs. But the problem with what he said is there's no way he's not being serenaded by MVP chance at every Bucks game next year. I mean, he might have to reiterate that message multiple times that he doesn't want to hear it because that's just what home fans do. Rockets fans did it for Harden. Thunder fans did it for Westbrook. Warriors fans did it for Steph. Cavs fans did it for LeBron. Like, it's just... If you're a great player and you've got good fans, you're going to get MVP chance. It'd be actually be kind of cool if Giannis didn't get MVP chance at home because he was focused on the next one. He's a different kind of cat, man. So, yeah, I think he wins another. What's last up? All right, wrap up with this. The MLB All-Star break came and went, and one story dominated all the headlines, which was the juice balls. Obviously, Justin Verlander was a big catalyst for this as him and Commissioner Rob Manfred went back and forth over the baseballs were doctored intentionally to increase home runs. Baseball this year on pace to shatter the home run record overall with just over 65 home, uh, 6,500 home runs projected to be hit. Three teams alone are set to hit over 300 home runs 
beating the previous record of 267. So are you a fan of all these home runs hit in baseball? No, but I feel like such a hypocrite about it because more offense is better, but baseball has an action problem. And I feel like I'm now quibbling. But the ball is not put in play enough. Period. Home runs are exciting. Home runs are awesome. But because of launch angle and trying to elevate the ball, it's not just the juice ball. Like That's what people are missing in this conversation. This has been happening before the juice ball. It's been happening the last couple of years. The rate of play... The amount of time, real time, between a ball being put in play is growing. It was over four minutes last season. Four minutes between balls put in play. Because what's happening now is velocity is higher than it's ever been. Home runs are more valued than ever. They're easier to hit than ever, as evidenced by the stats that Ryan just gave you with the juice ball. So guys are launch angle. They're trying to elevate the ball. Uppercut swings. So how do you combat that? You throw it up in the zone. Throw it up in the zone. You can't get under it as easily. You can't go down and get it. Strikeouts, walks, home runs. Balls and put in play. So you got no defense. You got no triples. You got no first to third. You got no hit and runs. You got no action. And the game drags. And I'm not even just talking about length. I'm talking about literal pace of action. It's frustrating. It really is. Darwin Zook with the updates. Dave Edinger, Brian McKeon, thank you very much for your help. My man Ryan Hickey, the executive producer around here. Barry Trammell was our guest. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Parkins. We do this thing every Sunday night on CBS Sports Radio. We call it the Danny Parkins Show. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.